The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Friday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and you. We are loaded up. Plenty of hoops to hit on. Plenty of football to dive into. And someone's even when it comes to the steak and beer bet. Thank you, Phoenix. Thank you, Plus 10. And uh, it looked good early, and then it got a little tight. How are you, Elijah? Did you break anything? No, um, it was just disappointing to see the Bucks give their all. Giannis gave his all, 40-plus points. Uh, dude went off for, what, 20 and a quarter? Yeah, and uh, it was still only good enough to lose by 10. So I think the lines might be set a little more accordingly for the rest of the series. But you never know. It goes back to Milwaukee, uh, what is that, tomorrow? Yeah, that Sunday? It's, I think it's two games in between now with the travel day mm-hmm. until it'll probably be Sunday. I should probably lock in a little bit more. It's a, it's a busy sports it. weekend, by the way. It, it is. You got the uh, MLB draft. You know what happens with some some Nebraska players where where they go. I mean, Schwelly, probably a, a high pick, but uh, you know, is Povich out there? And then, of course, the recruiting class that Nebraska and Will Bolt have put together, pretty money. You know, where do some of those kids get slotted, and uh, how much of, of the the recruiting class do you retain? Versus where you go. Not to mention two sports I don't think you watch all that much. You got UFC, Conor McGregor's fighting tomorrow. And then we got the uh, the UEFA Euros, the finals on Sunday. Yeah, I you know I get a kick out of, out of McGregor and his mouth. And I know he's super uber talented. But I, I've, I, would, I have spent my share of, of pay-per-view money on boxing, mm-hmm. not ultimate fighting. Mm, see, I'm opposite. I'm opposite. Well, you haven't grown up with, I mean, aside from Bud Crawford... I mean, there's not. I guess I've spent some pay per view money on Bud, but when I look at we've been able UFC, to go, we've been able to go see Bud a couple of times. See, UFC's got those names now. I mean, you talk about Tyson and, and all those guys. Whenever you were growing up, and I got Francis Ngannou, Conor McGregor, the, the names of UFC. I mean, um, Kamara Usman from uh, UNK. You do your thing. I'm just gonna nod my <laughs> head. I, I, I'm I'm out of the loop on that. See, and I missed the the incredible era. My uncle Morris. Jackson was a top ten heavyweight, hmm. and and uh, he uh, he fought at the Civic in the early seventies, I think seventy four. Uh, Ron Standard, the Council Bluffs butcher or bleeder, depending on who he was fighting, and that was a legendary fight, a national fight, uh, for a chance to either take on Ali, Frazier, or Foreman, one of those three that that was heavyweight champ. And Uncle Morris uh, trained with Muhammad Ali for quite a while in in Pennsylvania, in the in the mountains of Pennsylvania, 
and Uncle Morris was uh, was a top ten fighter and and fought the British slash English champion in London, and Uncle Morris was was great. So that that era of seventies heavyweights where you had Muhammad Ali, you had George Foreman, you had Joe Frazier. Uh, incredible. You had Hearns. You had uh, Roberto Duran, Sugar Ray Leonard. You had some great kind of middleweights in the '80s. Was great. And then you had the Tyson era. And then from the Tyson era, you, you had uh, uh, Riddick Bowe that was pretty decent. Uh, of course, Evander Holyfield. And then from Holyfield, you jump to Andrew Galata and his low blow punches. <laughs> So, I mean, I, I know more about boxing than I do the, the, the ultimate fighting, and I'm not super up-to-date on boxing other than uh, the uh, the best dude there is is Bud Crawford. And he needs to fight in Memorial Stadium someday. Well, he needs to fight Pacquiao in Memorial Stadium. Or Mayweather. Yeah. Give me Mayweather. I don't think Mayweather's going to come risk his perfect Bud record, just, just crushes everybody he fights. End of discussion, period. At least Errol Spence. At least give me Errol Spence and Bud Crawford in Memorial Stadium. I'll get, t- just take my money for that one. Sure. Well, let's talk uh, a little bit of football here coming up. We may have a special guest, a uh, longtime offensive line coach from Pius Tenth, Jim Hansen. Uh, I, I figured you guys would want... Um, you know, a whole segment for yourself about offensive line technique <laughs> and how it, when it gets to be about 98% humidity and 99 degrees outside in August, how uh, the coach or coaching and the, and the players uh, tend to, to, to reinforce how important that technique is. So Hanson may join us. Jay Moore, uh, Blackshirt Husker NFLer, is 20 minutes away. Jacob Padilla will join us. Get his take on uh, Nebraska's new edition in Verge, as well as let Jacob smile about his Phoenix Suns. Derek Peterson, Dr. Petey, going to be with us in our two numbers to dial up. 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Those are the numbers. Give us a follow. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. Chris Schmidt at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. Can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com and email uh, yesterday from GLC, a uh, listener up in Michigan uh, was wondering about uh, Verge and if he's going to be another Teddy Allen. I don't think he's going to be another Teddy Allen because I think uh, with Verge, he's accepted different roles and his uh, big time goals to get to a better crack at the NBA, uh, a better crack at the NBA with Fred's tutoring uh, is right there. We're going to bring in Mr. Offensive Lineman. Uh, Jim Hansen is with us. Uh, Pride of Pius right there. Jimbo, you've got the, the Don Draper look going, man. Good to see you. Great to see you. We've been you. wanting to have coffee. I, I have coffee, but I don't have any for you. How How is Jim Hansen doing? Oh, it is outstanding. If I was any better, there would be two of me. It's uh-huh. great to see you on everything. <laughs> you know, and this is that time of the year. Next week, we start team camp. I know some of the high schools have team camps yeah. going on this week and yes. stuff. Man, that itch 
what have we got? About a month away, and then fifty, fifty days till football. Fifty five oh, Dave high Livingston. Oh, football's coming around. We're gonna have full stadiums again. I was just thinking, you know, you know how great it is when you hear the band, mm-hmm. and you know, you got everybody, the cheerleaders, and everybody's on the field and running out and that. Gosh, it's gonna be so great being able to come back and have that again this year. And just talking with Jeff out there about. Uh, your guys' schedule for this year for football schedule. I can't wait to do more football. Yeah, that's going to be. I can't great. wait to do crowd, football with crowd. Yeah, that that's the key. <laughs> that's having be so that. Nice, and you energy. know something. You know, sometimes people will sit there and say, "Oh, it doesn't make a big deal." And like you know, the whole Olympics not going to have fans. You know something. It really does make a lot of it's difference. energy. You feed off of energy. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's nothing, nothing like being in a full stadium. And I say full, but I mean, you're in high school, you're talking two, three thousand people, but they're all shouting and screaming mm-hmm. and you're trying to get information out there and kids are trying to line up and run plays. Oh, that's the best, man. That is absolutely the best. You, you got, you just love this time of year. What, what year? Is it for you on the open? 36. 36. Yeah, yeah, 36. Man, you got to be smiling about that. I am. And we have a great group of guys out at Pius. You know, Coach Carney's doing a great job, and it's great to work with those guys. And um, But there's great guys all over in town, all over in town, all through the hack. Mm -hmm. We got great coaches in the hack, and... uh, you know, we have a really good schedule this year. We got Grand Island coming in. I think the world of Coach Tomlin, he does a fantastic really job out there. And you know what's great about this, Chris, is all through the years uh, when you were playing and and that. I, I wasn't good enough. Well, Elijah, Elijah played high, ball, high level ball for the Knights. But, you know. You always heard that, you know, oh, we might have a kid here or there that maybe can go to the U or mm-hmm. or might be able to play, you know, at Kearney or something like that. Now we've got a lot of kids, you know, and thanks to Mike Sauter and his guys mm-hmm. and that, we've got a lot of kids that are really pretty darn good football players and basketball players. And I think they're going to go to some really good places coming up here i think you're right on and i mean right now we're kind of experiencing that transition to football in our household as juniors doing the the off-season weight training is that now is he uh can i count on him being a really uh, good-looking smart lineman guy or is he going to be uh, a guy that wants he to try to schmidt, touch the he ball has schmidt feet so you you do that math. You know, you need to tell him. And, which means his feet aren't good enough to be on O-line. He's taken a, a year or two off of playing Manzito. Can yeah. You, that was yep, like yep. the midget ball he played. Now he's playing fresh. He wants to play freshman ball. Right. He shook me down for, you know, Dad, these, these Adidas are going to be great. You know, look good, play good. <laughs> sure, son. Uh, and and so we'll see what happens. But I love that his, that, that his efforts there, his intensity's there. Whether he sees a, a snap when the, the game's still in doubt or not, I'm just glad he's doing it. He's still pretty multi-sport, football, baseball, basketball. And uh, he's he's 
you know, gearing up, doing weight training for football. Well, I hope that we, you know, Lincoln is such a great He was about, about five years old when he got his first pious cap from Uncle Jimbo. Mm, I wonder where he <laughs> got that from. That's true. So Still I has it. I, I, Lincoln is such a great sports town. And the thing that I tell people all the time, you know, with the two new high schools that are going to open up, you know, we need to find about 150 more football players that currently are not playing football in this town so that we can have varsity programs. And so I really hope that kids still like football and and still want to keep going out and playing and that. And uh, I hope your son goes with the offensive line so that you can tell him that uh, if he touches the ball, something has gone drastically wrong with the play. It's your man that caused the strip. (laughs) Put your headset on because this thing is working. Do we go to Radio Shack and get any of the transistors? Better not. No. Let's, well, let's check something out here. Yeah. You try those Did you other pay the hamster for this week to be able to run and get everything here? I know those ones that you're handing them work now. Yeah, let me turn them down so your ears don't bleed, Hanson. Is this better? You got me now? Very. I, I hear Elijah just barely. Be- barely. Okay, better now? That's a, boy, what, this it really is. Is this like out of your basement or something? No, I don't hear anything. You don't hear Elijah? No. That is god awful. Well, that's good because I'm not talking, so that's fine. Okay, well, <laughs> see, there's a, it, it's going in and out. Okay, no, we'll just sign in like you know Sparky's over at third, telling Pete, yeah. <laughs> Pete to choke up here on the three-two fastball. So the the lineman part, I think linebackers where where the monkey wants to play. Well, that'd be awesome, you know, and and having, like I said, encourage those kids. And, you know, sometimes I hear from uh, sometimes it's my sister in law Mm -hmm. sometimes it's other moms of kids and they want to know how safe football is. I want to tell everybody out there, high school football has never, never been safer than it is right now. We've got great trainers at all of the schools, I think the world of Drew Irks and our mm-hmm. trainer out at Pius, they, they're at every practice, they're at the game, they monitor those guys. It's no longer like it was for me, where it was, oh, you know, rub some dirt on it or, you know, uh, drink There's a cup a of water of and water. run back out there, you know, and, and uh, I still remember one time I was playing uh, for prep, and I was playing a JV game, we're playing Central, and boy, I got my bell rung and I ran off the field and I was standing on the sideline and the coach tapped me and goes, son, you're on the wrong sideline. <laughs> and so the play got done and I ran across to the other side. So I mean, you made it. You made I it. did make it. Jim you, Hansen's you just some scouting us. over there. Yeah, scouting for sure. <laughs> Jim Hansen's with us, uh, offensive line coach at Pius. Uh, good to have him in studio. Well, can I add to that point real quick? Yeah, this ring, is a, ringing your bell. A, a fact I just learned is that uh, football isn't even the top concussion sport in uh, in high school anymore. That's girls soccer and wrestling are both above football in terms of the rate of concussions, which mm. I was just a, a wacky stat to me. I didn't think that could be real, but it is true. Mm. It is, Jimbo. It is. And, and I had a daughter that played soccer, and I can attest to it. That is a true statement. Okay, I, we got about two minutes here. Jim Hansen's with us. The line is down to eight and a half. Nebraska favored against Illinois. And the, the, the week one lines are out here per South uh, Point uh, Las Vegas. 
got to pick them between Stanford and K-State, minus five Wisconsin, Penn State, Bama minus 17 and a half against the U, Clemson minus four versus Georgia, LSU minus four at UCLA, Notre Dame minus nine and a half at Florida State. I mean, this is this is the week one. Nebraska is, of course, week zero. How are you feeling about the Big Red, or do you need more time? I need a little bit more time. And, and I've said this before, and I think I told this to you. I really think that this first game is the key game of the year. <laughs> you want to talk linchpin? Yes. It is. And I say that because, you know, uh, we do have a lot of returning guys. You know, our defense ought to be markedly better. Mm-hmm. And we have a returning quarterback that uh, should be – um, well-versed in what is needed to, to be successful. And so, um, yes, it's on the road. And I do kind of need to see, and I think we all need to see, that we perform better uh, in an, an environment that's not our own. And I hate to say it, but if we have a great game against Illinois, it's going to be a lot of excitement for the other home games here. And then we could be 3-0 and going into Oklahoma and – you know, who knows what happens then. But if if we go down and we lay an egg, then, uh, you know, the a grip, lot of people the, will the be. The grip starts. Yeah, it will. It, 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 it really is absolutely. Will. Can you start off, get a win, whether it's by three or by 13, but play good football, play clean football, get your two wins at home, go leave it all out there on the field in Norman, come back, go beat Sparty on the road. Get to Northwestern with a chance to go to five and one. You know, I, I always want to remind people, and this is really hard for Nebraska fan, but um, Pat Fitzgerald said the hardest thing is to do is to win a Big Ten football game. Mm-hmm. I hope we can do that. I, I, we'll see how it shakes out. Hanson, good to see you, brother. Absolutely. All right. Jay Moore is coming up. Uh, we'll check in with Jacob Padilla, Tail Varsity, on a Friday presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Allstate, two-year starter, and rush in for the Big Red, and NFL vet. He's Dudeness or uh, Duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. It's Blackshirt, Jay Moore with Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, Tail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. I'm just going to let the boss do his thing here. And it's awesome to talk with Blackshirt Husker NFLer Jay Moore. How many times did you listen to this song on the fourth? I was on like every other <laughs> every other playlist. We were rocking something off Spotify. It's pretty good. Jay, how much Springsteen did you listen to on the fourth? How are you, man? I'm doing good. I'm not a huge Springsteen fan. He's not. He's just doesn't really do it for me. I'm more. You know, we've we've had this discussion. You're I'm a Zeppelin really guy. Plastic, you know, I'm more of a, you know, the Zeppelin, you know, give me that type. You know, Springsteen, I was never a Springsteen guy. Okay. Well, that's fine. Listen, I don't have a ton of Springsteen in my collection either, but there there are some classics, Glory Days, and of course, uh, I like State Trooper, not the Nebraska album, but that's kind of a deep cut. As we uh, we crank up the tunes here on ESPN, um, but no, you're right on with being the Zeppelin guy, Jay Bird. You and I both love Zeppelin. Uh, okay, uh, let's switch gears, and you, you've got a whole group of defensive linemen keeping with the Zeppelin theme when the levee breaks, right? Uh, what, what you know, whose levee is going to break? 
on that defensive line? Who's going to have a breakout year for the Big Red on the D-line here this 2021 season? Uh, I'm hoping it's Ty Robinson. You know, I think he's shown flashes, but I think he needs to be the guy. Uh, I think he's, you know, he, he's definitely shown flashes. There's been some inconsistencies where he doesn't perform well and he kind of gets down on himself and he pouts a little bit. But I hopefully he matured, you know, this offseason and he steps up. I think he has all the tools. Um, you know, he has all the God-given you know, given abilities to perform well. He's just got to kind of put his mind to it and, and use everything that, uh, you know, Coach Triotti has, has, has taught him. And, you know, and it's just time for him to step up. You know, it's, it's, it's his time. I think, I, think uh, I, I expect a lot from him this year. I, I really do. Um, he's got to be more consistent. And, and going into, you know, I know it's his, he, he played, you know, sparingly and was redshirted his first year. But, you know, he showed flashes against Wisconsin. I noticed when the, the game was at home just two years ago. So I have I have big hopes for for him, and you know, and then it's you know, there's there's a lot of young guys. You know, whether it's it's Casey Rogers, you know, he's shown flashes. Uh, you know, it's you know, uh, Damian da- or not Damian, but uh, the other Daniel's brother, and you know, he Damian, needs to, he yeah, needs to step up, yeah, and then uh, you know, then you have um, oh shoot, uh, Thompson. You know, he's he's played well at times, but I, I just focus on Ty Robinson. I think he's the guy. I think he has all the tools and, you know, the, the bells and whistles to, to be really good. It's just it's just put him to use, and I think uh, this year will, will be the time for him. Well, we talk about talent and experience. Uh, when that merges, it can be really nice, and you've got a lot of experience coming back in college football, and uh, that experience, uh, no doubt, with some super seniors for Nebraska football, you know what? What's uh, what's an expectation for Ben Stilley from you? It's tough. I mean, he's got an extra year. I mean, he hasn't been he hasn't been bad, but he hasn't been great. You know, it's so can can he can he take it to another level, or is it kind of just status quo? Is this kind of what you see is what you get, and. I, you know, is, is he going to kind of take over more of a leadership role and help out some of these younger guys and and help them get to what it is? But I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I would love to say that, yeah, he should be, you know, in consideration for, you know, n- not not a first team All Big Ten, but hey, let's maybe sneak into the second, you know, or third team side of things and 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 step up and play. But I, again, it's, but this is just. I mean, this is just this football team in general. I mean, it's it's flashes, right? It's mm-hmm. you want to talk about offensive defense. A lot of guys show flashes, but it's just it's just it's a consistency a consistency thing with this football team. So, um, you know, I, I I'd love to see him go go you know uh, you know more and beyond and and put himself in the mix for you know getting his name called an NFL draft. I don't I just don't know you know because. He's, he's shown some flashes, but, you know, he kind of goes milk carton sometimes too. So it, it's tough, um, it, but, you know, he's, he's, he's been through it. He's The biggest thing, he's played a ton of live bullet reps, and that's what you cannot uh, duplicate and replicate in practice. So uh, I think you're just going to, you know, kind of what you see is what you get with, with him. And, you know, it's, it's solid. It's just, you know, it's, it's solid, consistent, you know, consistent. You know, doesn't make too many mistakes, but doesn't make a ton of splash plays and, 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 you know, where he kind of pops off the field. But that's okay sometimes. Is that hard to flip the switch to 
to to play for, to go from playing safe versus being confident in your job. And as we always hear Coach McBride say, let it rip, right? Going, taking your game to that next level. Is that – obviously you have it rolling when that, when that happens in your career, or maybe you don't ever let it rip because you're at your ceiling here. What causes a team to be so inconsistent? Jay, what's, can you put your finger on it? Because you're right, you've seen flashes, and we, we, can, we can do enough math to say there should be seven or eight wins the last two seasons. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, a lot of it's trust. It's it's trusting the scheme. It's trusting, you know, your abilities. It's trusting, you know, what you see in front of you. It's trusting. You know, we I always when I'm on with you, I always say, you know, the eyes are the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. You know, in Nebraska football, defensively, in the last I don't know four or five years, they play with terrible eyes. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, if you play with good eyes, you're going to be, you know, if you're you're keyed into what you're seeing pre-snap and. And you know, and it's just trusting it too, and that's 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 a huge thing. But if you know, and it's just not. I think this team just when they make a mistake, they beat themselves up too much. You got to kind of forget about it, and just move on. You know, there, it, there's you know, there's seventy to ninety snaps in the football game. If you mess up one time, you know, hopefully you have ten other guys that'll pick you up, and, and it's not too noticeable. But you know, it's just trusting what your eyes see and what you see pre-snap and. You know what? You know it's just your your pre-snap recognition. That's that's a huge thing of playing fast in football. You know it's you know your splits between a tackle and a and a guard are tight. Are they wide? Are they you know are they tight between a between a tackle and a tight end for a D lineman? Or you know why is this guy standing here? You know it's just always asking you yourself why? Why is why is this fullback here? Why is this wide receiver here? You know why are they have this set into the boundary? You know it's just. Why is why is the why are these certain things? And it's just understanding the game. And you know when you're and you've been along around as long as a Ben Stilley, you know, or a lot of these you know guys who are coming back for their you know their fifth or sixth year, you know, it's you should know why. You should know that why, so you can shoot your gun. You can play fast. You can play with you know more reckless abandonment and and go make plays. But you just sometimes you just got to do it and and learn and learn from it and just go shoot your gun and. Sometimes you're going to mess up, and I, I, I know it's you're in big time football. You can't, you don't want to do it. Sometimes you just got to go try to make a play. And a lot of times when I was, you know, if you don't, you know, you're always, the the term you're always told is if you're going to make a mistake, make it a, yeah, a you know, going a thousand miles an hour. And you know, sometimes that that that's a good thing. But a lot of these guys coming back to this defense, they played a lot of football and they played a lot of snaps and they've seen a lot of a lot of ball in the in the, in the Big Ten conference. And you know a lot of the same coaches and the same schemes for the most part. So you you should know what certain guys are going to do, what offenses are going to do to you, and and you know you see a certain uh, you know a bunch formation or a certain deal, and you've played a lot of, against a lot of the same guys on the offensive line. You should be pretty comfortable and and should be pretty fast and physical up front. So hopefully those guys will trust themselves, trust what they see, and uh, you know and, and they played really well last year, and it's just hopefully they can take it to another level. Yeah, you talked about making your mistake running a 1,000 miles an hour, and to me that's just JoJo Doman. But who I want to ask you about is the guy who's become a fan favorite. That's Garrett Nelson. What do you think he needs to do to be able to see the field with a bit more consistency and make more of an impact for the defense? Because it seems like he's got the passion to make it work, and he also makes his mistakes going 1,000 miles an hour. Yeah, he's, he's a guy that almost needs to slow down a little bit. You know, he's, he was out of control his first year, and he was a liability. Uh, he didn't play as much last year, so he just got to understand his scheme and his role. 
you know, effort is not an issue, but sometimes you just got to understand what your 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 role is in a defense. If you're going to, you know, if you're a, a edge contain player, are you a spill player? Are you trying to, you know, force things to bounce outside of you in a certain call? Are you, you know, are are you, you know, you setting the edge? Are you, you know, are you shooting that gap down? You just got to, you really got to slow down. He's, he needs to find his process. I think all good players, when a, when a play is called, whether whatever the defensive is called, you know, you go, you hear, you know, whatever a call may be, under 54, that's one of our base calls in, we're at Nebraska. Okay, perfect. Okay, then you know, you're, know your immediate role, and then you know what could come out of that, what could potentially be a check. So you have those kind of queued up in the back of your mind, and you got to listen for them, and you got to recognize the formations. And, and so I think that's, that's it's just the process. He needs to kind of find his process for when plays are called and, and what could potentially be checked in and out of, out of, out of those calls. So um, he just needs to slow himself down. He's, he has a motor that's, you know, bigger than anyone on that team, and, he you know, he's hungry and he wants to play well. But sometimes, you know, that can be a detriment to a player because you can kind of go too fast and too out of control to where – you're, you just don't know what you're doing, and you know, then the guys around you just don't know. They can't trust you. So that's tough. That makes everyone almost play a little slower around you. Um, so he's got to find his process and trust what he sees. And, you know, as he's going to his third year playing. So I think he should be well on his way. Jay Moore's with his black shirt, Husker NFL or Hale Varsity Radio. Jay, about a minute and a half here. Two questions. Have you interviewed for the AD job? Two, if you become AD, would you uh, allow box wine in the suites? Uh, I have not interviewed for the AD job. Um, I would take it if they offered it to me. <laughs> and yes, box wine would be definitely available. <laughs> okay. Box, me, I... box wine, uh, box Coors Light, box Miller Light, box Bush Light, whatever you call it. Whether it's in a keg, whether it's in a you know box of tequila, whiskey, you name it. Anything, <laughs> anything with alcohol content, beverage. You know, it, it, if it comes, yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. You'd so install. I'll, little, I'll you'd... be awaiting that. I'll, as a matter of fact, I think the, the, the Board of Regents has heard my interview, so I think they're calling right now. The, the, the first order of business for ADJ Moore, we are going to bring the red and the white wine back to the, yeah. uh, to the suite. Yeah. I'll, I'll pass in the box to Kill, yeah. though. The box, to, okay, Elijah's going up at Giannis. Uh, oh, nothing but the finest. Uh, what, what, was the, what was the vodka right. that you could start your car with in college? Uh, McCorm- uh, McCorm- McCormick. McCormick. Uh, right. It's yeah. Barton's from my generation. Bar- yes, Barton's. It's Barton's. Uncle Barton, Andy's, Uncle go, Andy's yeah. favorite. Got to give him a <laughs> shout-out. Jaybird, we'll do this again. We'll, we'll squeeze in some golf next time. But thanks for uh, talking some ball with us. And 50 days till kickoff, man. All right, fellas. Thank you. All right, there he is. Jay Moore crushing it on the golf course. And uh, you know what? That's a great platform for him as AD. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Off and running on a Friday. Good stuff from Jay Moore, Coach Jim Hansen, to get us kicked off. Jacob Padilla will smile about his sons and give you the, the lowdown here on what Nebraska's rotation could look at, look like with Verge. Uh, making the transfer from ASU to Lincoln and Dr. Petey, the good Dr. Derek Peterson, uh, 
with Hale Varsity going to be with us. Let's go to the phone line. You can join in 800-825-5865-4663776. Tom's with us. Tom, thanks for hanging on. Go ahead. Yeah, you bet. Hey, with your, your Q&A with Jay, I was really, really hoping he was going to mention a name, and he never did, and I'm certainly hoping it's not all hype about this kid. But what about the polar bear? That kid, you know, if he can dominate the way he did in wrestling, and he's 335 pounds, I'm just not hearing much about him. He did really well in the spring game. Mm-hmm. What do you think about him? Is he going to be up and coming? Because I'm just really hoping that he's just going to be something terrific. Thanks you for know, taking my call. Hey, no worries, Tom. Thanks. Yeah, I, I think and you look at social media, <laughs> I mean, the polar bear's posing right there with uh, with snacks, right? I mean, that's a nice interior to have. You got Daniels, and you got uh, you got uh, the polar bear. No, I listen. I I have no doubt that that Nash Hutmacher will be part of the rotation, right? Am I am I am I two Eody? No, but Hutmacher is a guy that came in came in early, wrestling background, like you mentioned, Tom. And you just it, it, you just can't go full bore and know what the hell you're doing and be great immediately high school to college, hence the redshirt season. And, and let's not forget the the logjam of guys of of guys that have came back that are still up ahead of him on the depth chart. It's not that he's buried on the depth chart by any means. It's just it's not a, a talent thing. It's an experience thing. Exactly, exactly. And, and I mean, from watching his high school tape, uh, he does have a potential to be great. I think at Nebraska, it comes down to using your size and your strength in addition to the, t- the technique. And in high school, he got by, and I think it was South Dakota, mm-hmm. North Dakota, yeah, wherever it was. South Dakota. Um, he, he got by being able to use his strength because he was just that much stronger than everyone else where he could stand straight up, put his arms straight out, and the offensive lineman couldn't move him. And that's not going to be the same in college football. So it's just getting used to the this pace of the game. I expect to see him a little bit on the field this year, but it's going to be next year once uh, there's guys that are graduating. I think You know what's awesome is, is if he's ready – He'll be on the field. Yes. If he's for for the amount of time you need him, if he's ready, he'll be on the field. But you're you're not forced to play him early, mm-hmm. right? And uh, think back to, to when Nebraska had an awesome defensive line. You got Avery Moss. You have uh, Randy Gregory. You have Vincent Valentine. You have Malik Collins. That was your that was your defensive line in 2014, and those guys all weren't rushed into it. Yes, Randy was, okay, but you had you had a, a handful of snaps that guys got in 13, but they weren't starting as as, as freshmen or, or redshirt freshmen. Listen, I, you know a guy can ball if he's playing meaningful snaps uh, as a redshirt freshman. You, you saw a guy in Ty Robinson do that. You saw... Damian Daniels do that, okay? Damian Daniels has just put as much effort and time into his body this offseason, again, not to over-prognosticate based on, based on social media pictures, but there's, there's the intent and the effort in there for him to be able to play more than four or six snaps. If you're going three bills or more and you got to plug the middle in a 3-4, Dude, you're an anchor, and you gotta have all sorts of muscle. You gotta have all sorts of unselfishness, and you gotta be a bit deranged in a good way. And when you have a, a one-two punch with with snacks, uh, with Robinson, all right. And don't forget uh, 
Jordan Riley. I mean, he's a he's a guy that that didn't see a lot of time due to injury, and uh, was a, was a JUCO guy. No, you have options. Uh, Rokon Rokon Buckley's another guy that they're going to season, and I think he could be really good. But uh, to Tom's phone call, no, you're going to see the, the polar bear. And the polar bear will get on the field. The good thing is, is you don't have to throw him out there before he's ready. You can get him ready, let him learn, let him get better through live game reps. That's nothing Jay hit on. You still have the stillies of the world. You still have, uh, uh, you still have Ty Robinson. You, you've got uh, Casey Rogers. I mean, you've got some dudes that that have, have been through the wars. And I think could be a, a strength of your defense, one of the strengths of your defense. We don't know what the pass rush situation is. But when it comes to stopping the run, you've seen steady improvement by Nebraska the last couple of years. And let's not forget how difficult this defensive line, like what, what we're asking the defensive lineman to do here at Nebraska. And it's play plug. two gaps. You're, you're, so, you're asked to plug. So as a nose guard, I mean, a lot. most high school teams have you playing one gap. you got a linebacker playing the, the other A gap. If you're a nose guard, you're playing the one a gap but at nebraska you're going head up on the center and you're playing both the a gaps you have to play both those simultaneously and it's a very tough thing to do um to and be if able you to don't do it your linebacker gets murdered and there's seven on first down exactly so it just takes an adjustment and some live game reps especially whenever you're coming up from high school up to college and playing up these bigger guys it does take time on that defensive line to be able to build into that and to be able to to be in a place where you're ready to be able to cover two gaps because if you don't the a gap is i mean that's an easy four yards every single time if you can't cover your gaps Right there. It's demoralizing. Mm-hmm. You, you just get run up, run up down your throat. I mean, it just gets slammed. And what's Wisconsin do to people? <laughs> they run at you. What's Minnesota do? They run at you. Can you stop it? Can you withstand it? Can you do it for four quarters? That's the question. A uh, good story in the Journal Star on on Ryan Held. Uh, Parker Gabriel had a, a he caught up with Ryan Held, and we we talked defensive line. Uh, running back production, right? You have little experience, but plenty of potential with Nebraska. The questions are out there with uh, with uh, Marquis Step. What's his health like? Well, he's doing the, the summer workout thing. Can he be ready to go and an option for you come fall camp? Can he stay healthy is the question. You got Yant, and I love the challenge that Held has issued to, to Yant. Dude, good for you. Proud of you for, for not only qualifying academically, but you've earned a scholarship. This is just the beginning, though. It's fine. Great. You're on scholarship. Dude, do you want to play? <laughs> Go take the job. Be more than the short yardage back. Gabe Irvin, super mature, put on some great weight, 215, six foot one. Could be a very dynamic back. So step, health, concern, we don't know. Unknown. Gabe Irvin, first time playing major college ball, but you love his his physicality and his speed, great combination. And then there's Yant. And then you've got three guys that have been in the program. Marvin Scott keeps chopping wood. Sevian Morrison, he's a guy that got dinged up a little bit and uh, you need to see more of. And I think he could be really, really good. And then Ramir Johnson, he's the speedster that, that had hamstring issues uh, this spring. So it's really kind of you know time for Ramir with what this offense wants to do with, this, with the, the speed element of it. Uh, if he can stay healthy and get some carries, man, that can be nice. You know, I, I think you could have the offensive line this year that maybe you haven't had since 18. You had a good offensive line in 18 paired with Ziggy. Good old line, good back. You saw what Nebraska did. You saw him 
at least close out the year with some momentum. You got an offensive line that has had one full game together in Rutgers, but there's a lot of talent on there. You let Greg Austin do his thing and get this team downhill. I think you can have a good matchup here with running back and O-line. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut pre-teen Swedish boy. Hugh Kramer. All right, Jacob Padilla, noted Suns fan. He may even be wearing a Dan Marley jersey. Coming up in 10 minutes, Derek Peterson, Dr. Petey from HaleVarsity.com Magazine, his uh, podcast, The Varsity Club, had to sit down with Ben Stilley today, or maybe it was yesterday. The point is, is Ben and JoJo are doing a, a free camp coming up, so we'll, uh, we'll talk some ball with uh, Derek and also uh, some Husker hoops with uh, Jacob Padilla. So where are you at on the whole uh, Marvel slash Avengers train? Are you a, a fan, Elijah? I always used to take Junior. To, that was like one of the first movies I took him to, like G.I. Joe Retaliation, whoever the dark-haired gal in that, that was his favorite part of the movie. <laughs> That's my boy. Uh, and, and then you had uh, Captain America, which I thought was great. I really liked that one. And as you get towards the, uh, the end of the Marvel uh, franchise, not that it's done, but you get uh, Infinity War and, and Endgame and all that, I thought those were cool, but I didn't always keep up to date with every marvel that was released i do like uh, black widow because well i mean it's it's entertaining it's easy on the eyes as well did, did you go see black widow no i have not but i'm saying are you my, my oh, i'm like, gonna go see it i was yeah. gonna say is that something that you will do this week so i or are you gonna stream it at home i have fall fo- i want to go see it in a the theater i followed the marvel movies since like the original that iron man with uh with, yeah. uh robert uh, Downey jr robert, yeah i was thinking robert griffith in the third I'm like that's not right no, that's one was a quarterback right. <laughs> the other has a sweet goatee yeah uh uh, so uh, I watched all those Iron Man movies, and I love those. And some of the other ones lost me a little bit. Um, some of the Avengers movies, I, I was like, I appreciated the cultural phenomenon that they were, but I wasn't the biggest fan of them. However, I do enjoy watching them. I've been keeping up to date on the new Loki series on Disney+. Plus. See, I need to start that because his uh the avenger flick that had loki in it was great mm-hmm. loved that yeah and uh i have really enjoyed this series it's a little bit weird but i guess that's what comic books are comic books are meant to be a little see, bit i never weird. got into comic books i was more of a baseball card guy see I, I started to appreciate the marvel movies more once i kind of like sat down and watched them and realized oh this is just a comic book that's been taken to the big screen you can't it's not a, a comic book that's been adapted it's like literally been taken to the big screen sometimes you can watch it and see like oh i can see this like comic book frame in my head and i, I think i i enjoy it a little bit more that way um but I, I will be watching black widow it's not something i'm not a marvel fanboy but the movies definitely take me away and i'm, I'm stuck in their marvel world for two hours like i watch them and I, i'll always appreciate that what's the what's the number what's it i mean i've been to a movie in a thousand years i mean i want to go see the james bond flick oh yeah of course right with daniel craig and i mean he's he's good stuff and anytime he's doing a Bond movie, it's pretty cool. It's his last Bond movie. It is, because he's pushing probably like mid-50s. Yeah, he's, and he's, I mean, I'm not sure about the amount of movies he's done, but he's got to be up there in terms of the longest tenured Bond. It's been like almost 15 years, probably. I mean, you, your gold standards, Sean Connery. Oh, Trebek, yeah. your mother. <laughs> you know? Rest in peace, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Uh, with uh, with uh, with Sean Connery, but no, Black Widow's something. I, you know, I haven't asked him. He leaves for Houston tomorrow. Junior does. 
Oh, so yeah. you going to the midnight showing tonight? <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Oh, you got to figure out some evidence here. We I got home from uh, the, the KFOR shift, and one of the dogs had busted out of her kennel, and we had Le- Lake Erie and Lake Michigan amounts of pee in the unfinished area. So I need to interrogate him on whether or not he truly did let the dogs out this morning to use the restroom. We'll see if he's uh, around to go to Houston tomorrow. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back into it at Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Let's check in with Jacob Padilla with HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. Jacob, uh, do you have, I know you're not an alcohol guy, but do you have the, uh, the the cold duck, the non-alcoholic champagne icing for your sons? <laughs> hey, we're taking this one game at a time, Chris. <laughs> Come on one now. You're not a player or a coach. Uh, you are, you're a coach, but I mean... <laughs> You're not with you're not with the Suns, not yet anyway. So you can uh, you can dream a little quicker, quicker, can't you? You can you can project that this thing's in the bag, right? Yeah, especially with the way they won that second game, where um, they, a lot of things were not going their way, and they ended up getting a little bit of luck um, to break their way with some of the shots that Milwaukee was missing and some of the shots that Phoenix made. Milwaukee, that's a game they probably should have won the way the game played out. But the Suns just found a way to get it done. And if they're going to win that game, um, then I, I feel like they, they've got a pretty good chance to, to close this thing out here in four or five or six games. We'll get to some uh, Husker basketball with you, Jacob, and also talk some Husker football in a moment. But I want to spend a couple more minutes on, on the NBA, especially with Monty Williams. And we, we've seen the, the video towards the end of the – or at least the timeout portion – where Williams is trying to, to motivate Anton and, and really connects with him and, and coaches him up. What do you think of that? What do you think of, what do you think of Monty? Yeah, that, that's, that's who Monty Williams is, um, and that's, kind of, that's the kind of coach he is. He really connects on a deep level with his players, and that's why his players care so much and play so hard for him because he really does care about them as individuals, and it's not – not just about a game with those guys. And some of those guys he's had long relationships with, Chris Paul in particular, who um, he's had a couple different stints coaching. So um, that was not at all surprised to see that kind of thing. That That's just the way that Monty Williams is, and that's the way he coaches. And it's something that I really admire about him. Myself as a coach, I'm not the type of guy that just, like, uh, screams and cusses out my guys all the time. Like, I try to – I try to – coach with some of the same kind of positive momentum uh, or positive reinforcement um, with, with the way um, my guys play. I try to point out uh, all the good things they're doing, get on them when I need to if the effort isn't there. But for the most part, it's all about positive reinforcement with me. And that's, that's kind of the way that Monty Williams coaches as well. Yeah, and Monty Williams has become one of the top coaches in the NBA, at least in a lot of circles, after this season, especially what he's done in the playoffs. Um, but so can you speak a little bit to his like background as a coach? I know he came from the Spurs uh, under Greg Popovich. Does he use some of those Greg Popovich principles whenever he's coaching? Is that where he comes from? 
Uh, Monty's been around um, a lot of different staffs. He's been head coach, been assistant before. Um, I think he's um, kind of learned from his different uh, stops throughout the NBA and picked up uh, little things. Um, as we uh, saw him again back with New Orleans, um, he uh, was an assistant with Philadelphia um, before he signed with the Suns. Um, and has been assistant with uh, Portland um, and is the associate uh, head coach at Oklahoma City. So he, he's had a few different stops, and um, he kind of he had a, a solid stint with the Hornets, but wasn't able to kind of break through and really um, win at a super high level. And I think he learned from kind of the last few stints he's had as an assistant uh, to where is now as a head coach, his second uh, kind of second chance in that lead seat, um, he's a much better overall coach than he was before and is continuing to, uh, I think, adapt and grow even as this playoff series goes on. We've seen him make some adjustments quicker. We've seen him try things a little bit differently than maybe he has earlier in the series or even during the regular season. So it's been really cool to see this kind of this whole team come together and everybody has kind of figured things out and it's just gotten so tight uh, throughout the whole season. Jacob, uh, when you look at this Suns roster, you've been a Suns fan since the the Nash days, so it's not uh, any any Suns gear that may look new. Uh, there's there's uh, old fandom attached to it, but you look at the draft of Booker back in '15. They they kind of started the build. They they had some tough seasons. They were able to draft high, but they drafted well. And it's all come together. Did you think that that Chris Paul was the missing piece to 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 make this jump, or was this quicker than expected? Well, the Chris Paul is like the, the obviously the biggest piece for it. But we saw last year um, they had made progress. You, you plugged in Ricky Rubio, and uh, as kind of that stabilizing point guard, and the Suns were able to make a leap. They're only a game out of making a playoff last season, and that was with Aiton getting suspended for 25 games. So you can see the progress that guys like Aiton and Bridges and Booker had made uh, as kind of the young core. And then you go out this year and you add Chris Paul as a point guard there. You bring in vets like Jay Crowder, um, and you even during, at the deadline you bring in a guy like Torrey Craig. Um, just all, all these little moves, campaign, bringing him in at the bubble last year and letting him kind of revitalize his career, all, all the little moves that uh, James Jones has made since he's taken over this team uh, have been able to kind of turn this thing around so much faster than I think any of us expected because during during those down years, the Suns did miss a lot on their draft picks. He had Dragon Bender and Marquise Chris and Josh Jackson, and obviously you, you took Aiton over uh, Luka Doncic and so there are a lot of like instances there where things could have gone a lot better than they did. But um, James Jones took over, kind of cleared the decks of uh, some of the, the bad contracts and the, the players that need to move on from and were able to kind of piece by piece put, rebuild this thing in a hurry to the point where now you've got the young players that you were able to draft during kind of that, that stretch of missing the playoffs. You've got your core, and now you add these vets to it, and those young guys are ready to win. And we've seen that. We've seen what Devin Booker and DeAndre Aiden have done during their first uh, playoff series and just been playing out of their minds. And now uh, Mikhail Bridges, who was kind of struggling in last round, uh, was awesome last night, finished with 27, and um, he finally got it going. So 
I think all these guys are just <laughs> we're ready for this moment, ready to to be on the stage after everything that they've gone through their first few years in the league. Jacob Adillas with his HailVarsity.com and magazine. Uh, longtime Suns fan and uh, Phoenix up 2-0 on Milwaukee. I uh, want to switch gears. You, you, you touched on that stabilizing force, i.e. the point guard. Uh, your reaction here to Nebraska landing Alonzo Verge, uh, really talented kid out of Arizona State, transfers in. Banton sticking in the NBA. What do you like about uh, Verge's game? And, you know, if you were to project a five and then a, a top couple off the bench really early for Fred, how does that look in your mind? Yeah, that was kind of definitely an interesting addition. Um, I kind of – you look at who you lost in Delano Banton, and it's your point guard on offense and kind of a versatile wing player with length uh, on defense. That's kind of what I was looking at, I thought, maybe – would be the route they'd go is you try to either find a kind of a, a true point guard to, to play alongside Trey McGowan to kind of stabilize that position, or you'd go look and add another wing because a lot of those guards are smaller. You've got McGowan's a six four. You've got Tominaga and CJ Wilcher at at six two. Cron McPherson six four. Um, so you got right now really only Bryce McGowan's at six six and Keon Edwards at six seven are kind of your true wings with, with a little bit of length. So I thought maybe they try to go that route. Instead, they just go get a 6-2 bucket getter. Um, and I think uh, he, he's, got a lot to, uh, he's got a lot to improve on. Uh, Verge can obviously have had 43 in a game. Mm-hmm. He can definitely um, get buckets, but he's, he has not been able to shoot the ball at, at a great rate in his uh, Division One career, at least. He shot it well uh, during his time in Juco, but a little bit different shooting at the D1 level, especially the high major level. So, um, he, I think he's efficiency-wise, he still leaves a lot to be desired, and I think that's something that Hoiberg is going to try to coach out of him, try to put him in better situations, try to get him to understand um, where the shot should be coming from. And I think the thinking is to give guys like Wilcher and Dominaga and some of these younger guys a chance to kind of adjust a little bit more and kind of get their legs and figure it out as opposed to throwing them into the fire right away. And then it also provides... Uh, I think a little bit of help for Bryce McGowan's where now you've got another guy that defenses have to account for out there that's going to go, is capable of getting 20 or 30 in any given game. So I think that's kind of where he fits in here. gives you a little bit more experience. It's a one-year guy, so you're not kind of taking up scholarships for next season uh, in terms of recruiting. So they're still able to go out and kind of um, prioritize some guys, some high school guys on the recruiting trail. Um, but he can step in and just be uh, another proven scoring option in that backcourt. Verge's a guy with a, a lot of experience off the bench down at Arizona State, so do you think he's going to step in and be a, a, a bench guy here in Nebraska, or do you think he's going to get some starting minutes? Well, what, what do you think his role is going to be next year? No, I think he'll, I think he'll probably um, start with kind of Kobe Webster coming off the bench as that sixth man like he was for most of this last season. Um, those I would imagine would be kind of the two options that Hoiberg is uh, going to end up deciding between there. I, I think you'll see Trey McGowan, Bryce McGowan, Derek Walker, and Lat Mayan are probably the other four starters. So it comes down to kind of who's that fifth guy. And I think it'll probably be Verge, um, and then Webster can come in, run a little bit of the backup point, and uh, also share some time with McGowan uh, and spot up and 
space it for a little bit. So I think that's probably the way that we'll see it go. But that's, that's I think, the biggest decision that, that Hoiberg is facing early on. What do you think Trey's ceiling is, his point guard? And is he, is he an option that, that you like? You saw him on ball more and more towards the end of the year. And you got to love his athleticism. And the guy can, you know, get to the rim, but he can also create for others. So I think, I think the more time you get in a non-COVID year, you could really have some, some major development with him. Yeah, and that's, like you said it before, and that's, I mean, he said in interviews, that's, that's why he came to Nebraska to play the point guard position. And now it's looking like he'll get, he'll get that chance with Banton moving on. Mm-hmm. And um, I, he's still got a lot of room, I think, to improve mm-hmm. in that regard if he wants to be a reliable, consistent um, player at that point guard position. Um, but he did show some, uh, some improvement, I think, down the stretch and showed some um, kind of potential there in that regard, especially in Hoiberg's system where he's not going to have to dribble the air out of the ball. There are going to be a lot of different guys. We'll see Bryce handling the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Virgil will handle the ball a little bit. You'll, you'll see different guys um, w- with the chance to make plays. So it's not necessarily going to be all on him, but he will get a chance to show that he can play the point guard position this year, I think a little bit more than he did last year. And hopefully, kind of with more experience, will come continued progress in that regard, uh, particularly as a decision maker. I think that's kind of where he needs to improve the most. And that's part of, I think, um, he, he has not been a very efficient player inside the arc. He's definitely made strides as a jump shooter, but he, he's got to become more efficient around the, the basket. And part of that is just straight up finishing. He's, uh, I kind of went through and, um, you know, on hailvarsity.com, I went through a, a breakdown of McGowan's uh, synergy profile and kind of how efficient he was with different play types and different places on the court. And he's a guy that he's just got to, he had some uh, too many times where he just kind of blew bunnies or um, wasn't able to finish, didn't quite have the touch. And then there were a lot of times, too, where he was taking some hard shots um, that weren't going down. So I think a little bit better decision-making um, is kind of the, the, the first step that he needs to make as he steps into that, that point guard role, whether it's the shot, uh, what kind of shot he needs to take or when he needs to look for his teammates when he simply needs to kick it out and let the next guy make the play. And that'll all come with more experience, I think, and more reps, especially as they continue to, to practice with him in that role. Jacob, you did a great feature on uh, Quran McPherson. Uh, and, uh, you know, I love love guys from, from New York, specifically Queens. And uh, I just think a, a lot of the different point guards uh, through my fandom in college basketball that are – that are Queens or Brooklyn guys that found their way to D1 and, and were exciting to watch. You know, what, what impression has McPherson made on you as you've, you've taken to the tape? Yeah, um, I just went through and watched a couple of the, the games that I could find on YouTube. It's uh, a little bit tougher for his games, the linkier games, than some of the other guys that I've done um, stories on before. Uh, but was able to, to get some, some good uh, about – 35 minutes worth of him playing out on the court. And uh, he's an interesting player, good, strong, physical guard, about 6'4", um, can get downhill and, and finish, make some plays that way. Um, he's a pretty good passer, um, looking to, to make um, the right play. Um, I think the jump shot probably needs a little bit of improvement, but he did knock one down, kind of a relocation three. Um, and I was watching, this the only jumper I saw him make, but... 
um, th- that certainly looked good. So um, there, there's, a, I think, a lot of uh, a lot to like there as kind of a developmental prospect, um, kind of with the additions they've made right now. Um, I don't know how much they're going to rely on him early on. Uh, it, if he goes out there and really impresses Horbury, he'll have a chance to play, but um, could be kind of more of a developmental player in this first uh, season, especially with 14 scholarship players. So we'll kind of see how that backcourt um, shakes out. But he's definitely a guy kind of worth taking a chance on, especially kind of late in the progress or late in the process with extra scholarships because of the kind of the COVID seniors. So um, he's a guy that I think will be interesting to kind of watch develop as his career plays out. Jacob, have a great weekend. Uh, thanks for giving us a few minutes, and uh, we'll uh, we'll check in next week, talk some ball again. Thanks for the time. All right, sounds good. And we're back. Fellas, I think we could listen to the radio listen. On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes, that's awesome. Got to update because I know you care. Count that for two breakouts today by Roz the Labradoodle. Two. Had her four and a half years and she's she's broken out zero times. Has she outsmarted the cage? Is, is that the problem? I here? think the cage is a piece of crap. Mm, yeah, okay, that'll do it too. Or maybe her dad, the owner, just needs to be better at locking her up. Uh, we switch gears, talk some football. Uh, we welcome in uh, Dr. Petey, Derek Peterson from HaleVarsity.com and Magazine at Dr. Petey HV on Twitter. It's where you follow him and Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play, along with the uh, Herd At platform where you can find the uh, Varsity Club podcast. Dr. Petey, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, buddy. I'm good. So I, I don't know if this is true, but it feels like it's been a, a hot minute since I've gotten to talk to you. It's good to oh, hear from dude, you. Dude, it's been like three weeks, right? I mean, uh, Des Moines two weeks ago, last week a uh, little vacation, and, and, and now we're here. So where's yeah. the where's – not, not that I don't love talking to, to Elijah, but – No, I miss talking like to you. It, it, it had been a, a, couple, a couple minutes. No offense taken, Derek. Good, good. Yeah, so uh, – I mean, I, th- I think we did admirably without Chris last week, though. I'll, I'll say that. We'll keep that chant going. As we had to <laughs> kill my mic because I started sneezing like I've had seven cocktails. I've had zero. Uh, but in, in, <laughs> I'm serious. I just started losing it here. I want to start off with, with your Varsity Club podcast. Really cool thing that JoJo Doman and Ben Stilley are doing when it comes to kind of paying it forward. You had a chance to, to talk with the big man on the cover of the, uh, the Hale Varsity yearbook, Ben Stilley. Uh, give us a, a quick thought, uh, and folks, please go listen to the Varsity Club and catch up with Derek. But uh, how was the sit-down, man, and did you sense excitement beyond this upcoming camp? Do you think Ben's ready for the year? Yeah, um, it was great. Uh, thanks for directing people to, to the podcast. Um, Aaron and I got to, to talk with him a little bit. Um, ben is always a, a great interview. He's just a great person to talk to. Um Super, I'd say intentional, um, which actually is a word that Aaron uses to describe him a ton. Um, he, uh, you know, it, it didn't surprise me at all to uh, to find out that <clears throat> one of the first things that, that he's doing in this NIL space is um, something that like gives back to the community. Um, they, uh, him and him and JoJo, um, sort of had this idea together 
to to start up a camp. JoJo's parents um, have run a camp for similar age groups uh, in Colorado Springs um, for a long time, and so they're kind of helping them, kind of helping them with some of the logistics of it. Um, but they they both decided that like this was something that they wanted to do. Um, I'd ask Ben, like you know, you talk to guys about like what they did before college, um, getting ready for college, things like that, going through the high school process. Um, a lot of guys will tell you that they went to they went to, you know, former or former NFL player X or current NFL player um, comes back to hometown, hosts his own camp. A um, bunch of kids come out. It's a cool experience for the kids. I asked Ben if he got to go to anything like that. He's like, well, it's not, not a ton of uh, former NFL guys in the area, specifically not from Ashland. Um, you know, but I, I joked with him. I was like, hey, you know, in 20 years, like, that'll be you. Kids will, kids will be saying, I'll ask a kid 20 years from now, whose camp did you go to? And they'll tell me, Ben Stilly's camp. Um, and, of course, you know, Ben laughed at that. Um, he's a guy that, that has coaching on his mind for once his playing career is done. Um, he's a guy that seems like he's just a really good um, person to be around, a, a person to, to learn from. Um, so for him and JoJo, you know, JoJo the same. I'd say the same thing about JoJo as well. Um, so for, for the two of them to be the ones hosting this camp, they'll get some help from some, from some other Huskers. Um, I thought it was, you know, it made, it made a lot of sense. Derek Peterson's with us. Hail Varsity.com and Magazine, uh, Varsity Club podcast. Well, he's always been uh, a good chat, and his heart's been right there. And, and selfless is absolutely how I describe him. We started talking a little bit about the defensive line and had uh, a listener chime in and I want to get your take on it. You know, role for the polar bear this year. What what do you think is a fair expectation? You've got a number of guys that are uber talented on that defensive line. Stilly, uh, of course, uh, Daniels, uh, Rogers, Robinson. But uh, polar bear is a guy you hear a lot about. You've got uh, Riley as well that, that is going to be back in the trenches and not easy to to be great or dominant in a three four but if you are you know awesome things can happen for your defense and overall that front seven i think can can continue some momentum but specifically the line and Hutmacher here what are you thinking we we see or hear from him this upcoming season yeah first of all i agree with you um that, that their defensive line can have some success this season um for Nash specifically, um, I, I think I think they're getting to the point where like this defensive line is kind of what they what they want the rest of the roster to look like in terms of depth. Where like everybody is super excited about Nash, they were super excited about him when when he was a commit, going through the recruitment process, getting on campus, and things like that. And he looks um, you know physically um, really capable already. But I think, you know, I would be surprised, pleasantly surprised, if he's playing a big role this fall. You just look at the guys that are ahead of him. You know, they could, they could, and, and probably should, just for the sake of his development, get him some snaps here and there where they can. But you talk about Damian Daniels, who I think is going to have a big year. Um, he was number three on my my ten most intriguing guys for the season. Um, just because of sort of the offseason work that he's done, I think he's going to have a big year. Um, and if the you know the the body reshaping a little bit leads to him being able to be on the field more, um, 
you know, then you talk about a guy like Jordan Riley um, sort of being that primary backup at the nose tackle. And then, you know, I think like Mosai Newsom is, a, is another name to keep in mind. Um, and, you know, when you start looking at like defensive ends and things like that, you know, they pinch Ben Stilley and Ty Robinson in um, in pass rushing situations or they bring Casey Rogers on the field. Um, they just got a, they got a lot of guys. They've got, they've got good depth on the defensive line. And so for a guy like Nash, um, you know, it's not a bad thing to like be still a year away. Um, because then when, you know, when you're finally able to get on the field, um, you are, you know, somewhat seasoned at that point in terms of your, your strength and conditioning. And, and you learned from, um, the guys that were ahead of you. So like if, if he gets onto the field, um, then, you know, he wowed people in fall camp and, and was super impressive and, and deserved to be on the field. And, and that only means good things for them moving forward, but also for them, um, it's, it's another sort of talent evaluation and developmental win for them, which they have several of on the defense now. Um, but if he's, if he's not out there a ton, you know, it's not like he's behind schedule or anything like that. I think, you know, what they want for most of this roster is for, you know, it's, it's going to, and specifically on the offensive and the defensive lines, guys are going to come in and, and you're not going to hear from them again um, really in a major kind of way for another you know, two, sometimes three years. Um, that's the way it used to be around here. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I think with Frost at the helm, with Chenander sort of running things defensively, um, that's kind of you know, a, a, a benchmark of theirs that they want to try to get to, I think. Derek Peterson's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Derek, the theme of this defense in 2021 is that returning experience. But do you think there are any young guys that could get some extended playing time this year? You thought there was a good chance in the secondary this year. But now with Tyreek Johnson coming from Ohio State, you're not really sure uh, what the young guy's going to be able to do and, and what he's going to be able to do coming in. So do you see any guys in that the last recruiting class, maybe the last two recruiting classes, that could be seeing the field for the Huskers on defense this year? Yeah, I mean, I still think Quentin Newsom's going to play a role. Um and, you know, you talk about a, a guy like Miles Farmer. Um, he's probably going to have, uh, a, you know, if not similar to what he had a year ago, um, a more expanded role. I, I would venture to say that uh, Noah Polakate is also going to have a role in the secondary. Um, and then, you know, at, at linebacker, um seemed like Blaze Gunnarsson had a pretty good spring. So we'll see if he can, um, you know, try to force his way into the, the two deep. Um, Nick Henrich is, I think, in line for his first real kind of opportunity at inside linebacker. I'm curious to see how that goes. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I think it, I think they're going to have some some young guys that see the field, uh, particularly still in the secondary. Um, the getting Tyreek to campus was a big win for them, um, and it was a, a, a nice endorsement of, of still um, how sort of powerful the Nebraska brand is and, and an endorsement of their program. Um, but I don't think that means that he's going to come in and, you know, Quentin Newsom is not going to play a single snap in the fall now. Um, he, had, he had a good spring, and Travis Fisher liked what he saw, and, and he's been a guy that's, that's played a lot for him. So I think Quentin Newsom is, is still probably one of the guys that's at the top of that list defensively. All right, Dr. Petey, a couple minutes here before we got to say goodbye. Your reaction to, to OU being Phil Steele's preseason number one? I mean, they got the quarterback. Um, and, you know, defensively, they've made strides with Alex Grinch. Um, so it, it's not, it's not a surprise. They are a preseason darling and, and rightfully so they got a lot of the right pieces coming back. Um, they're going to be, 
you know, I was talking with somebody from Oklahoma uh, a couple of days ago. We were talking about is Nebraska's defense just contextually good based on you know the offenses that it plays in the Big Ten, or is it actually a really good defense? And I said, we're going to figure out against Oklahoma. It's going to be a great test, and I think we're going to learn a lot specifically about that defense. Is it contextually good because it plays you know the Iowas of the Big Ten, or is it actually a really good defense? So we'll see. It doesn't surprise me to see OU at number one. You, you mentioned Spencer Rattler, and I saw that he has a, a deal now with Raising Canes, which is just awesome. Love Raising Canes. Uh, but I want to ask you about his oh. name, image, and likeness logo that he released. It, it was a little strange. It almost looked like a snake with uh, an appendage, if you will. It's all the Raising Canes here. <laughs> <laughs> you ever see a Python 8, man? <laughs> yeah. Some of these have been interesting. Um, <laughs> some of these have definitely been interesting. <laughs> In, in good ways and in not-so-good ways, Damian Jackson's logo was actually really cool. Yeah, that was really awesome with yeah. the seal frog. Very, I'd get a shirt. Very yeah. unique. What, what, Dr. Petey, what would your logo be? Uh, nothing interesting, I could tell you that. Well, there'd be some sort of doctor angle to it, right? Like a stethoscope or something? Maybe. Maybe. You're not feeling we'll it. You're no. not feeling <laughs> he's, he's, He doesn't have the creative juices I don't, I don't have to have one. I don't have to have one. Um. So. Well, you could. I, 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 uh, well, yeah, I could. I could. I'm just not. I don't know. I'm not visually creative that way. You're all good, Derek. We'll uh, we'll run you down here next week. Thanks for making time today, man. Good to chat. Sounds good, man. Thanks for having me. There on. he is, Derek Peterson, Doctor Petey, Hale Varsity and Magazine. Check out his chat with Ben Stilly. The Varsity Club, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play with Hale Varsity. We will dive into to some more of that running back race. And yes, another steak and a beer bet on the way. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Working through a Friday. Don't forget, Weekend Edition is back tomorrow. Hale Varsity Radio weekend, 7 to 9 a.m. Uh, here in Lincoln. Stream us ESPNLincoln.com. So uh, let's dive back into the running backs. So, if we're going to give a, a projected grade on the, the running backs here, what do they need to be and where are they at right now? I think you could, could look at the running back room and based on potential and say, hey, man, they could, they could grade out best case scenario like B plus, right? Uh, where are they at right now? They're probably in a C, maybe. Uh, I mean, after last year, whenever a quarterback is the leading rusher on your team, that might that might be D territory, especially okay. whenever the the leading production you have at running back is now gone. Fair. I mean, if you look at the Hale Varsity yearbook rating, out of ten, you've got him at a five, five out of ten. Strength, you got a deep room. Mm-hmm. You have different skill sets. You got different body types. Uh, weakness. <laughs> That, that dreaded E-word experience. But, listen, uh, you, you've got the speed guy in Ramir. You've got the experienced guy that when he was healthy, ding, 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 Step could be a, a nice bruiser Big Ten style. And then you've got uh, what else you can sprinkle in, guys like Sevian uh, that have been here that, that you're, you're wanting to pop. Same with Marvin Scott. And then your two young pups that I think uh, were, were A, available, and B, showed well uh, in Gabe Irvin. Now, we didn't get to see Gabe in the spring game, but he is, from a maturity standpoint, reports are 
The guy gets it, comes in, works, uh, knows this is business. And then there's Yant, who almost didn't have football because of academics and really had to grind academically to even be eligible. And then, all right, we're going to take a shot on you. Good on Nebraska. You look at a guy uh, with his skill set and that thumper back. I love that. I mean, I, I, the, the bigger backs that have played at K-State or A&M back in the day or even uh, think about Imani Cross, right? Mr. Goal Line for Nebraska. Uh, Yank could be, uh, could be extremely effective for Nebraska. But I think this group, and I go back to pairing it with the offensive line. You think the interior could be pretty decent. You like where your tackles are at. Okay. And, and, and where do you go? Uh, and, and listen, in, in order for your run game to be awesome, Captain Obvious, your line's got to be money. But your passing game also has to be somewhat of a threat. And Nebraska had zero threat downfield. At least they didn't have uh, many, many completions downfield. You, you have some candidates to take the top off the defense. And oh, yeah, by the way, you got that seam route working with a couple of really good tight ends. Right, Austin Allen could have an incredible year. Uh, excited to watch him play. Vokalek also is a guy that, that practiced really well last year, and you need to see him get more involved in the passing game. So you got a double tight option availability. You go with the back. I still maintain, you look at Nebraska, yes, you were right on, Elijah, about the, the quarterback run game. But uh, when Juan Dale was there carrying the football in the backfield, when they went in that pistol formation – Man, they were able to find some running lanes. And if you let the O-line eat, that's kind of fire off the football, get downhill, be physical, do what Greg Austin's great at doing, and that's getting guys physical and ready. Man, I think you could you could kind of have a smash-mouth, throwback, Nebraska-type offense, still with a mobile quarterback, still with some weapons on the outside, and some guys at tight end. But it, it's all one big domino tied together where all, all of these three pieces, O-line, receiving game, and running back uh, core, all are kind of it, – it's, it's that house of cards. They're all leaning on one another. Well, I, I think you're, you're spot on with BB plus being the ceiling for this running back room. They you, have. Just I mean, you just don't see a Barry Sanders or a Mon Green in the room until it happens. Exactly, right? exactly. And, and, I mean, running the ball is a 10-man effort, and it's I guess at Nebraska it's an 11-man effort with how much you run the quarterback, too. Uh, and I think they have the pieces they need at offensive line. I think they have some bigger-bodied guys at receiver that have the potential to do some better blocking downfield. I think what you need is you need a, a guy in the running back room to step up and demand that, that lion's share of the carries. Who's that guy that's going to step up and is going to be the guy that Nebraska fans are going, why aren't you just handing him the ball uh, you, you need to have that guy that is going to be your 1a back you can have a one a 1b you can have mm-hmm. an, another guy you turn to but you need to have a guy a la divine and zigbo a couple years ago where you're going to seize the job yes you need someone to come in and seize that job and not just split carries you need somebody who is going to be getting most of the carries well and we're going into year four right and what what have we had the previous three years you tinkered around with and mo did nice work mo washington was a matchup nightmare where you could even split him out and still have Ziggy in the game. And and Mo did work against Wisconsin's linebacking core. Mo did work against Iowa's linebacking core. Really nice matchup, mismatch for you. You can still have that. 
But you, you fast forward to 2019, I mean, you lived and died to the detriment of your running game, force-feeding Mo. Mm-hmm. You just did. You, you gambled and lost on a Greg Bell. Then you turned to Ziggy. Okay? Well, let's, let's, pick, let's pick the right guy in 2021, and that right guy's got to show you consistently so there's no doubt in the coach's mind what you see Monday through Friday to, to get the carries on Saturday. And if a guy starts hot, keep him going until that, that flame wears out or goes away. Or give him a chance to get rhythmed up, get him some lather, and, and kind of get a, get a rhythm going here running the football with uh, some play calls that you've seen work in practice. Look, Ryan Held's a really good coach. Ryan Held's a good recruiter. And Ryan Held uh, will have a couple of guys ready, I think, by this fourth year where he'll just lean on. And if that's the the new guy, Gabe Urban, that shows it enough and you're going to go young, despite having Ramirez, despite having Morrison, despite having Scott, if, if that's the best guy, or if Steps... A guy that you just you don't know about injury wise, and he he could be fine. He could have a a whale of a, a senior season finally, and stay healthy. But you know what? Based on what you've seen in spring, and you hope it translates into fall when you kick off uh, at at Champagne. If guys like Irvin and Yant stay healthy and keep showing you what they show you, it's okay to go young and lean on them. You don't have to appease anybody going with a guy that's been here two years or was a high star recruit or a guy that's now in his third year named Ramir Johnson they've got to be available for you to feel good about it and you got to go with go with the right guy in that running back room versus okay we'll set Ziggy finally sees sees the job by Northwestern or you know it took till the Minnesota game force feeding Mo Washington up the middle where he didn't want to he had, he had no desire to run between the tackles and then and then you were then you were left trying to figure out where you wanted to go well I think the problem is 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 I am 100% comfortable it's fine if Nebraska is dividing up the carries here in 2021 the problem is you can't have a running back by committee yet again um it's the, it's the same argument that you have with a quarterback not finding rhythm i don't think a, a running back can find rhythm if you're dividing up his carries and he only gets you know one series to go play a quarter that's that's fair you can have situational guys you can have a, a third down back you can have a short yardage back but you need your dude between the 20s absolutely we'll wind down a friday it's hail varsity you're presented by the nebraska lottery Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, are you going to move in 2021? You thinking about putting that house up for sale and getting crazy numbers for it? West Blue Realty is where you got to go. They specialize in residential home sales in Lincoln and surrounding areas. And when you're going to move, if you're thinking about it, give Tom Luby a shout today at 402-540-3768 or Kelly Hofschneider. Both do an amazing job with West Blue Realty. Kelly's phone number at 402 402- 
202-2312. It pays to work with West Blue Realty, westbluerealty.com. Get an appointment today. Go see him, 1120 K Street, Suite 200. Okay, Elijah, what happens here? Game three. Game two, you got Milwaukee kicking themselves, more so game one. Uh, but game two, some things to, to touch on. And this is not unfamiliar with Milwaukee, right? They, they were down 0-2 to Brooklyn and were able to, to charge back. Can they, can they do it again? Uh, Phoenix made some incredible shots last night. Milwaukee corrected in game two. They had fewer turnovers. Uh, they had seven more offensive rebounds. Uh, but when push came to shove, you just had too many good things going on with Booker and Paul. Uh, and the the three-point numbers is, killed him in game one, not so much in game two. The other side of this, too, Giannis needs more help. Uh, when Giannis was out, Holiday and Middleton really stepped up to close out Jersey. Uh, they have not, or excuse me, Brooklyn. They, they have not uh, been anywhere near helping carry the weight uh, these first two games. As we sit for Sunday, it's minus four Milwaukee. Does Milwaukee at least get on the board here on Sunday night? I kind of lean. They're yeah. a, a four-point favorite? Milwaukee's a four-point favorite. Well, I, 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 and if, if you want to go Milwaukee, I'll take Phoenix. You okay? Yeah. Steak and a beer. Four. I mean, I, I, like a, a pick seems about more accurate here for for Phoenix and Milwaukee. I just don't think that Milwaukee's going to win by four. I think Milwaukee could win, mm-hmm. but I see this coming down to like a, a last possession type thing. I think it's going to be a really good game. The The Bucks have their game plan now after seeing what happened in game one and game two, and the game plan is going to be feed Giannis in the post and get him some easy looks, and hopefully the Suns don't foul him. I mean, that's that was what worked in the third quarter for the Bucks. That's what kept them in the game. He is doing all he can just to keep the Bucks in a game. I think with, with a home crowd, the Bucks can knock down some more shots. I, I think they'll they'll at least keep it close and make it a, a one possession type game. But I don't see the, the Bucks winning this game comfortably. Well, it, no, it won't be. But but four is not comfortable. <laughs> four is not comfortable. And I guess once you get into the, the free throw battle at the end of games, anything can happen. I, but, I think Middleton is is going to find some home cooking. Same with Holiday. I think Holiday's always been great defensively. I think he'll find a little bit better uh, comfort at the rim, and uh, in Milwaukee is it'll be a difference. It'll be uh, it'll, it'll be home court. Plain and simple as that. I got to go with Milwaukee. I know uh, Jacob Padilla is shaking his head at me right now. He wants a sweep. He just wants a title. He just wants a ring for his sons. But I think Milwaukee gets on the board Sunday. I will give you the four. Okay, and uh, we're even. Uh, so that stake and a beer I owe you and you owe me has been erased. For so, now. For, for now. now. For now. It's a long series ahead, unless it's Suns in four. And, 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 and maybe we can make it a little interesting depending on what happens Sunday. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning. Uh, plenty to get into. MLB draft, where do the Huskers go? We'll, we'll check in on a weekend edition tomorrow at 7 a.m.